This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. With any dream, the wind won't always be at your back. The sun won't always be shining. And some rain is going to fall. American Family Insurance is like a good solid roof that you can trust to protect your biggest dreams. With plans that could save you up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto. Also, you can continue to dream fearlessly, no matter what comes your way. American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at AmFam.com. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, assigned its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Behind home plate, we bringing it to them all day. Boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. Hey, Matt. How's it going? Good. So you made it safely back to Florida. It's good. Yeah, yeah it was nice to go up this weekend, see some uh, see some baseball, and, and made it back just in time to uh, wait out a rain delay, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. We were Josh and I were fortunate to be able to go to opening day where the weather was great, and to go to Saturday Saturday night's game where the weather was once again fantastic. Uh, the play on the field was not as fantastic, but the weather was at least fantastic for the games right. we attended. You know, I think right now at the top is where is a great time to thank our Patreon people because how excited were you? At, I think it was uh, it was probably Saturday's ball game where I told you about a sponsor that wants to come back on board. Yeah, and then I told you, but I turned them down. You were pretty excited. I turned them down because of the Patreon members. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was a sponsor yeah. we've done before that we did not want to do again. Yeah. So yeah. it's wonderful that we can have great Patreon members supporting us, so that we don't have to uh, do ads. So, so, so the old out. slogan, I'll say, your co-host will thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes, you will thank me. And uh, so anyway, section336.com, click on the support tab if you want to check us out, if you want to support us, any of that stuff. Yeah, and it's cool. It's part of the larger community that is Birdland's um, sports. And and this has been going to – I have a bit of an echo. Do you hear that echo? Is that just on my end? Um, I don't I, know. I hear an echo. All right, let me see if I can turn off the echo for you yeah, and, and not kill our stream. Okay. So Wait a... Okay. Did the echo go away? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think it did. Yeah, it went away. Um, did you, did you do nothing? I did. No, I fixed it. Okay. No, but it, go, like, go to the game. It reminds you of the Patreon. Um, go, go into the baseball games again. Being around other Oriole fans... Even if, you know, we're separated by a bunch of seats with zip ties. Yeah. 
just the idea of being around other people and being in the stadium, it's different than just interacting with people on Twitter or whatever. Well, so it's know. nice for the community of, uh, yes. of Oriole fans to get together again well, at, for open, at, in the stadium. Opening day, but pregame, Bert and I got downtown way too early. Hey, I found the echo. There we go. Bert and I got downtown way too early, and we didn't know what to do because Camden Yards didn't open until like an hour before game time. Yeah. So we went down and had lunch at the Pratt Street Ale House which I've never been to before. It was a fine establishment, but we spent probably a good hour there just hanging out, catching up. And then as we were leaving, ran into a three, three, sixer. Yeah. So I don't remember your name, but thanks for stopping us and saying hi and uh, asking where Matt was and all that. It was good to see you. And then we had a awkward three, three, six moment on Saturday night because you and I were just confused. And I uh, apologize because I feel like we should have asked this guy's name, but I was so confused at the moment that I didn't put two and two together that someone would recognize us from the podcast. Did you, why don't you share about this moment, Matt, Saturday night? Oh, it was, it was fine. It was fine. But I, I mean, we were talking about it, how just, and part of it is the, the masks thing where we don't recognize anyone. I barely recognized Bert when I, when, when I sat down ne- ne- next to him. Um, which probably just means I don't hang out with Bert enough either, but, but the mask thing makes things hard. And so, yeah, I mean, we appreciate it. He walked up and asked and asked if he could take a picture. And I was like, and I thought at first, because he's standing in front of us, he meant like of the field. So he wouldn't block our viewer. I thought he wanted to take a picture. I thought he wanted me to take his picture. Okay. You know, because he wanted the field and the warehouse and all in the background. Yeah. That's what I thought was going on. Yeah, but no, we've had like it's. I mean, it's not, and he. he so it was. It's just funny. It was a little bit awkward, but but we've had so many. I feel like we've had. We could go down and make a list of awkward encounters, whether it's and wanting our autographs, whether it's yes. bringing coconuts into the stadium, whether and it's weird pictures. Like we we we've seen it all in, in our time at Camden Yard. And here's the problem: it's not you, the listener, that's awkward. It's us. Yeah, it's, like, we don't know how to handle these situations. Right. Um, we did this talking to the microphones and the reason we managed and that is because we were talking to brothers. It's, it's the two of us who have known each other our whole life. We don't know how to, to always interact with the masses. Yeah. And, and listen, that's, if you think we are some incredible social creatures, that's your fault because we're freaking doing podcasts and podcasters should right. be known for their social awkwardness or whatever. And yes. so, and so if you think we're socially smooth, that, that, that's on you. I believe and, the comment was you guys are celebrities. Don't you get pictures taken all the time? Yeah. It's well, not the case, but we appreciate all of them. And, yeah. and please keep coming and, and asking us. Yeah. Yeah. But I would, I would say, yeah, we've had a ton of, of great interactions though in our time going to the yards and people recognize us from three, three, six. And so that's, that's really cool. And every time, because I think part of the weirdness is too, because every time I'm surprised that there's someone else like, okay, if someone we know and we meet up with them, that's one thing. But, but when someone new comes, I'm always surprised that, Oh, that's another listener. Um, yeah. people, I'm part of it is just my surprise that people listen. Um, Right, and, and part of it is that we're just, you know, weird dudes. And part of it is that, like, everything's weird, right? Because how are you going to take a picture with someone and you got to stay six feet away and everyone's wearing masks? And so part of it is, I mean, not to excuse my social awkwardness and say I, I would be super normal, but part of it is, like, these are just weird social times that we're living in right now. Right. 
but yeah, please continue the awkward moments. Yeah. We appreciate it. We want to meet you all. Um, just let us know that you're a listener before well, no. you ask to take the picture. No, I don't care. Like, <laughs> embrace the awkwardness. You can just okay. um, come up, sneak, 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 sneak up behind us or something, whatever. Like, I like, it's, it's all good. I like, the, I like the creep photos, and then you tag them on Twitter. You know, oh, yeah. like, the, oh, I saw Josh and Matt, and you don't tell us you saw them. You just post a picture to the internet saying, hey, I saw Josh and Matt, and you tag us. Yeah. That's, that's my favorite. Yeah, that's like uh, see Adley Rushman or a restaurant. That, that, exactly. That's, that's exactly. Um, yeah, but but no, it was Josh. What what were your impressions of opening day? Um, the situation with eleven thousand fans. Like, what, just what, what was your experience? What was your expectations? Yeah. Did it meet your expectations? Uh, I had a little sneak preview of this. Remember, because I went down to Ed Smith for a game. So I got a little right. sneak preview of the Orioles process and masks and all that. Um, the Orioles did great. They did a great job yeah. handling all that. Concessions was a big problem on opening day. They yeah. seemed to get it straightened out by Saturday night. The zany one was ticked. <laughs> the zany Burt yes. was not happy. He, 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 I'm pretty sure he missed half the game. Waiting he left in, in the third inning for a beer, came back in the sixth inning with his with two beers. Yeah, yeah, was... yeah. Everything exciting that happened in that game, he missed. Yeah, well, I, it was both of us, right? Because was right. that the you game missed, where, where Matt Drive was tossed? Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I left to get a beer, and he was tossed, and um, yeah. So, so the concessions was a bit of a nightmare because credit machines weren't, weren't working, and it's credit card only, and then so right. a bunch of kiosks were shut down. There's those long lines, and so that that was a mess. But well, everything was else was great. It was interesting because since Burton and I got downtown super early. We got to see that a lot of the ushers and like stadium workers didn't show up until like 30 minutes before they let fans in. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how much of that was like training them on the new system or anything. Right. If they didn't train prior to that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good question. And then, yeah. I mean, it's the, it was the first game of the season for everybody. And when you're not only the first game, but when you're, they're obviously using a new system or something. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah. I would, some surprises that definitely had opening day. I think we were surprised. Um, I was, here's what I don't like the orange carpet. COVID stuff. Huh? Okay. The orange carpet. Are you going to talk about the orange carpet? There's no orange carpet. Oh no. Okay. Ryan, Ryan Wagner. Oh no. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Wait, 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 I'll, I'll let you go. Where I know go. These are both good things that we can get <laughs> to the Oriole bird stuck in what they're now calling the, Oh, the bird's Oriole bird nest. wasn't wearing a mask, oh, which yeah, I yeah. didn't think has the rooftop bar been called the bird's nest before, or is that just something they're calling because the Oriole bird's there. Oh, that's news to me. I just thought it was a rooftop bar. I didn't know it was. This it's, is the first time I'm hearing the term okay. bird's nest. I heard it called the bird's nest. Okay. Which is a cool name for a I rooftop like the bar. Nest. I yeah. like it. I hope yeah. it stays. Yeah. But I don't like them keeping the Oriole bird. I don't think there would have been any harm in the Oriole bird being on top of the dugout. Yeah. Well. So I, I guess the whole thing is to keep uh, people from running up and touching the bird. I guess. Yeah, and people congregated near 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 the bird too. Right. I think I they tried to that was the the flag court was shut down, the rooftop bar yes. was shut down. Don't like any, any of that. Any type of area where I think people can congregate, they they shut down. Which right. you're not a fan of. I'm completely okay with it. Um but I mean, it was it was clear that like steps were taken were, were taken. And I think this is where the breakdown comes for you a little bit, is that we're beyond COVID measures. They I think they do some of these things just to put people's 
minds at ease when they yes. go to the game. Right, because they want to sell 11,000 tickets. Yes, because they want people to feel comfortable coming. Yeah, And I, I think Saturday night not being a sellout kind of showed you that there's a lot of people still not comfortable in going to the games with the, either they're not comfortable with these restrictions or they're not comfortable going out yet into a large group. Yeah, I mean, think about it. I mean, it's been like that. I remember walking down Utah Street and was like, oh, crap, like, this is this is the first time, you know, in over a year that I've been around this many people. Yep. Um, and it's kind of a weird feeling. And, yeah, even me being vaccinated, and it's slight, it made me slightly uncomfortable being around uh, these un- uh, unvaccinated swine. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you, you, if you want to go somewhere where it's like back to normal, go to BWI. So many people just bumping into each other and shoulder mm. to shoulder and crowded. Mm. There's taking no restrictions over there. They got the stickers on the ground and they're just all worn out and no one's paying attention. Mm. Well, so. yeah. And also I would imagine like already someone who's willing to travel is someone probably less concerned, right? Like if you're yes. going to travel, yes. um, you're probably already living a more liberated lifestyle. That's also the same with people that are coming out to the ballpark and stuff. Mm, sure, sure. It's not the same as traveling, but yeah, no, it's yeah, I not. Get it. But there's no. But I appreciate the Orioles. Come on, they let fans come in to watch baseball. We went yeah. a year without that, so yeah. I'll go. No problem wearing the mask the whole game. Um, whatever they want to do, yeah, whatever it takes to get us back in there. Yeah, like I saw some dude when I was walking in, like giving the usher a hard time with the mask. I'm like, dude, I don't care if you like the mask or not, right. but dude, you get to go watch baseball. It's just like, you, you, I mean, if, if they want to put me in a whole freaking bubble, I, I would, I would sit in a, I would be bubble boy for the entire game. If you mean, if it means I get to see a, a baseball game in person, yeah. so I, I don't get the animosity t- towards that. The ushers are just doing their job, get off their back. And, um, but yeah, I thought for the most part, um, everything went well and it was, yeah, it was, it was a good yeah. experience and yeah. Yeah, you should go I to thought about, I thought about the orange carpet thing because, and I realized the reason they don't do, they didn't do the orange carpet down center field is because they always line it with kids. So they couldn't have all those kids holding the flags. So that so would be one of the reasons. you can't have the orange carpet without kids? Well, it's a really long way for them to run like all by themselves. Yeah. With no festivities. Yeah, and it was so a little I different think, in that um, Jim Hunter in the past, right? For the past, I don't know how many years, he's done the the emceeing yeah. for opening day. Yeah, who was it? It was Rob Long. And Rob right? Long did this time, yeah, from 105.7, yep. yeah. Yep. And uh, how about that national anthem? I thought it was, yeah. I, again, I, I have was, no thoughts. I know people get caught up in national anthems. That anthem was the worst national anthem performance I've ever heard. Okay. It was twice the length of a normal national anthem, and she missed the line. Okay. I, you see, and that just goes to show where my mind's at because you don't care. I didn't even, I didn't even register. I hit my O. Um, every time I hear the national anthem, all I think about is the time we went to go see um, the head of uh, um, Jackie Robinson movie, 442, <laughs> yes. where dad shout, shouted O right in the movie theater, which is funny during the national anthem, right. but he shouted at the wrong time. Yes, if he would have hit the right, if he would have hit it at the right time, the theater would have laughed. Yeah. Instead, he had said it at the wrong time, which was an awkward, awkward silence, except for yeah, us cracking up laughing. Yeah, <laughs> right, so that's right. that's all I can think about every time we the national anthem. So I don't, I, I really wasn't paying attention to the length or to the minute. Um, I didn't have any bets on the over under, so yeah. it, was, it was fine. Anyone who did not make it out this weekend may, for some reason, have not seen any news to know that Ryan Wagner is no longer the PA announcer. 
Um, yeah, there's now, um, I guess the she was at Bowie right. and now is the interim, but I don't know. I, I, I don't yeah. know if they're holding She's tryouts. She's filling in, yeah. and they haven't said the, their plans. Yeah, so she could be filling out for, for a while. Right, but but Bowie is going to need someone next month. So. Oh, yeah, that's true. What happens when, uh, yeah. when I like the Bowie's suggestion done. that Chris Davis comes and does it. Yeah, like I, yeah, I, yeah, I'm a fan that we should, Chris Davis should be doing something. I don't know if that's concessions or if it's announcing or if it's like running out balls to the umpire, but dude, we're paying oh, him a lot of money. I do like so the bat boy be idea. Doing something. I like the bat boy idea. Takes balls to the arms, cleans out the on deck circle, I goes mean, I and gets you, the equipment. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you, if you put him on the ground screw or something, throw, throw him on the ground right. screw, have him pull that tarp. He, uh, he could pull that tarp out all by himself. Oh yeah, absolutely. Better than the whole nationals crew can do it. So, <laughs> yes. yeah, I'm, I mean, but yeah, I'm a fan of whether it's Chris Davis, PA announcing right. or something else. Like, like a, we're paying the dude, have him do something. Yeah. Like a normal job. If you cannot fulfill your position, they demote you to another position that you can. If they don't want to fire you, if they're nice, they just demote you and you take out, start taking out the trash. Yeah. Or if it's like the education system, they just, if uh, you know, they just promote you because you're part of a union and can't be fired. So you just promote, promote well, you to some board position. But now, I you're, talking, now you're talking more realistic <laughs> situations. Yeah. So, but yeah, Chris Davis, maybe he can work in the GM office or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's no sign. By, by, by the way, let's just Chris Davis update. When was the last <laughs> time you heard anyone mention Chris Davis's name? Um, no idea. Yep. Since he went on the 60-day, I don't think there's been any word of Chris Davis. Where he just tweaked his, ba- his back in a swing, and the dude has gone freaking MIA. That's just bizarre to me. Um, I know injuries, back injuries can linger. DJ Stewart's hamstring injury lingered for a while. I hope Austin Hayes comes back after the 10 days is up, but those things can linger. But it's just it's just weird. But um, all right, let's just pre- ignore it and pretend like th- there's no issue here with Chris Davis. I mean uh, – the truth is there's no spot for him in this lineup. So there's no way, like they have no reason to bring him up. So to let him just disappear is helpful to the Orioles. I know, but here's my hot take. Um, Chris Davis um, could play right now as well as I would say half of our Orioles team. Yeah, we are. And we got to talk about the strikeouts. Yeah. Yes. We're setting records even without Chris Davis. That's, I think, for me, the most remarkable thing about our, our strikeout r- record is like 91 times in seven games, all without Chris Davis. That's what no one's talking about. We're doing this. We're setting records without Chris Davis. No one thought we could do this. No one thought right. we could do this without Chris Davis. They thought, oh, to do that, you have to have Chris Davis bat leadoff, getting all those at bats. We say, no, without Chris Davis, we will sh- set records. Let's go. All right. Yeah. Records so strikeouts. Yep, I was looking, and if Chris Davis' 60-day DL started on opening day, then that would mean May 31st, homestand with the Twins, could be Chris Davis' day. Okay. Bring him, bring him back. See, I don't know how that works, though. Can that Because they put him on before the season started. They put him on the 60-day DL. So did that clock start before the season started or no? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how that works either. I don't know. I also assume that if you go to the 60-day DL, you're going to go to play in the minors or something for a little bit. Yeah, I, you know that's a long time. Yeah, yeah, let's do some rehab stuff. So I just, but yeah, if they, if the Orioles season continues how it's been going, you might as well bring them up in June. Oh, because 
Yeah, because if we continue to play one game under 500, tied for second place no, no, in the no, AL no. East, I think we should just throw in the towel. Um, well, we've won what one game in the past week. Yeah, hey, listen, I told you about the Yankees series. We need to win one, one out of three, and we won right. one out of three, so I was really happy about that. Yeah, but this weekend to get swept by the Red Sox, big disappointment. Uh, you see, I, I think, and here's my, and I, I don't know, I didn't want to jump right into this, but. Well, first of all, before I get into this whole Red Sox, well, then don't jump right into it. Are there any other any other observations? Like, I have one more observation from watching games in person on opening day on Saturday night, and that's I thought fans were super into the game. Like, I thought both Saturday night and Thursday night, uh, like fans were into it. Mm -hmm. Um, They 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 didn't need the freaking Oriole bird to tell them when to clap or when to cheer. I thought they were kind of into it, and so I was surprised um, with the amount of Red Sox fans on Saturday night. Okay. Yeah. Be a little lower because of the restrictions on tickets. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no fans were into it, and especially and Saturday night we got to see uh, extra innings with a man starting on second, so that was fun to uh, see in person. Yep. Yeah. 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 I agree. Any other takeaways from uh, in person games? Uh, I think that's all the takeaways that don't have to do with stuff on the field. Because that's what you're looking for. You're looking for stuff, fan observations. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So, yeah, it's all good. 11,000, 9,000 something for Saturday. Yep. Um, no issues with parking thanks to the low numbers. It's yep. all good. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to see baseball. Can't wait to come back in about a month for some more baseball. Yeah. Yeah. And I just had the small parking issue. I don't understand the signs in Baltimore, but it's okay. I'll get past that. You think I'm an idiot. I yeah, still, you're an idiot. Anytime I see a sign with towing anywhere, I just, I don't understand it. There's just so many words on the sign. Just say, can I park there or not? Matt would not park on the street because it said no parking stadium event, January 17th, 2020. I don't know if does that mean when you can park? Is that mean when you can't park? I don't know what that means. It's very, it's very. And then cool. under there it says uh, you will be towed, and, and so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna very take the risk. All right. All right. So do you have another observation before we actually talk baseball? No. Um, so, but here's what I want to say about the Orioles and right. Oriole fans. And I was listening, just being on Twitter, listening to freaking um, Ken Wyman and um, Jason Lockenpaka. The I, w- I want to say this, make this point. You guys got to pace yourselves. Like, you you Oriole fans, you have to take a deep breath and, like, pace yourselves. We got to freaking 162 games, guys. You can't you can't have a heart attack after one series when we ran into, and I think this had a lot more to do with the Red Sox just freaking on-fire offense because they're crushing the ball. They, they've won every game since they got swept by us, and they're crushing right. the ball. And so I think this has more to do with the Red Sox and their playing, and we just kind of – Caught them at a bad time here, but but no, I, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I just saw people saying Cesar Valdez has got to go, Ruiz has got to go. Everyone just chill. There's a lot of people for a weekend here. Yeah, I agree, and I, I'm seeing a lot of people who seem to not understand how a rebuild works, and like upset that the Orioles like aren't winning all these games because we got hot in. Uh, in Boston, they suddenly think that we're, they really think we're going to finish the season in first place. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know, like if you ask them that, like they would say, no, like I have a realistic kind of understanding of, of where we'll be. And 
Like we were super optimistic and we picked them to win games in like the seventies, like the low seventies. And we're like super drinking the Kool-Aid. So right. even us drinking the, the Kool-Aid, we don't think they're going to be a 500 team or make the playoffs, but we just think they're going to be better than people think. Um, yes. But I think like these Oral fans recognize this, right? They recognize they're going to lose 60 or 70 games, but then in the game, they, they freak out like this notion that Ryan Malkhouse should never play left field again because he had two bad games is such a myopic view to take when you got to look at, at next year and the year after year and you have to find out can Ryan Malkhouse Ryan Ryan will play left field. And if you decide yeah. that you want to put him at first base or if you want to put him at DH, but Josh, you, you said it before, to put a kid, a rookie at DH and kind of set him up for his career to be at DH. You can't plan on him being only a DH for the rest of his career. Like he has to be able to play somewhere else. And now is the perfect time to kind of play with that a a little bit. Yes. Yes. And no. Okay. Because clearly when you've got Austin Hayes, Santander and Cedric Mullins, your hottest guys on your team, all available, that's going to fill up your outfield. You're not going to put Mount Castle out there. No. So, and I'd say even now, when Stewart's back, Stewart was having a really good spring. So you want to see Stewart get some action. So you don't want to give up that spot to let Mount Castle develop. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm not saying bench him for the outfield because he had two bad games, but I'm saying right now there's better opportunities and guys that you want to see out there that are more uh, the future of this outfield. So I don't want to limit their playing time for Mount Castle to develop. Oh, absolutely. And that's why, like you mentioned DJ Stewart, I think it's a really interesting one because DJ's like Ryan Mountcastle, we know he's going to be part of the 2023 World Series. He might even be the MVP. But for DJ Stewart, we don't even know if he's going to be on the roster next year, right? right? Like he has not proven himself. I, I want, I'd rather have DJ Stewart play freaking every single day in left field so we can see is DJ, is DJ oh. Stewart a major league player or not? And it's all these guys. Santander, you want in every game because you want to trade them. You want to see if he's for real and get the most value for him. Mullins, you want to see if this short, uh, amazing start that he can have, is is he really putting his foot down as on the center field of the future of this team? And when Hayes is back, you want to see, can he be healthy enough to be a reliable outfielder on this team? Yeah, and I, I think Ryan Mackhouse, playing DH the last few games, has more to say about wanting to see DJ Stewart in the outfield and less to say about yes. they, they don't want to put Ryan Mountcastle ever again in the outfield. Um, because I, I have a hard time believing at 24 or at 24, whatever Ryan Mountcastle is that you're just resigned for him playing the rest of career on. only at DH. Be honest before they put Mountcastle in the outfield, they knew he was a downgrade in the outfield, yeah. but they want him. They're trying to plan the future because Last year, he batted 333. Yeah. And it was a short season, but he still batted 333 in 126 at bats. Really, really slow start this year. So they got to get that going. But still, it's yeah, something where they got to see Mount Castle as well. And I think if, if you don't, and I, I, and I think there's a connection here between his rough play in the outfield and his rough batting, because I just think it's their human beings and anyone who's played professional sports or baseball knows that the way you're playing on one side of the field can mentally affect how you're playing the other side of the field. Right. Right. Um, totally. Like, I think we saw the one ball that dropped in front of him that he, that had like a, 
I don't know, 0.03, like expected batting average was a ball. He was just nervous to go get like, mm-hmm. and so he just played it, played on and, the bounce because he's hesitant because I think he's be struggling. So you tend to be well, a little bit reserved, but. And if la- he overcompensates yeah. on that and slides or something and misses that ball, then it's way more damage than playing it off the bounce. Right. Right. But I think if he would have ran, he could have caught it without even diving. Yeah, but that's so. what he was thinking about. Um, but last year, I thought he played better than most people thought in the outfield. Yes. And this year, he has two bad games, and people want his head. Like, just well, everyone chill out. It doesn't even matter. Like, yeah, he probably cost us a game. Um, he almost caught, 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 cost us that extra inning game that we came back and won. But but it, in the end, it doesn't matter that much but, because what's more important is we figure out this year if he can play left field next year. If, That's more important. If you want to crucify Mountcastle – because of those misplayed balls in the outfield, then you got to get rid of your first baseman and your second baseman for that stupid uh, pickle play on Saturday night where they let the guy score. Yeah, Guess what? If you get that guy, you don't let that guy score and you don't go to the extra innings and you win that game. Yep. It's as simple as that. And then Sunday to have that stupid play where you're in the shift and both, both guys miss the ball and then you overthrow at home. So a guy can score. It's stupid plays like that that we're going to see this year where hopefully everyone's learning so that you don't see this type of stuff next year. Yeah, well, I hope we don't see that stupid play we saw yesterday with the route, with the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the bobble and throwing over the catcher's hat. I, I hope we never it, see that play again. It looked like a bad softball team for a moment there. Yeah. But, hey, we we won. We almost won that game on Saturday. Like I thought we were going to yeah. win that game on Saturday. We gave it away. Um, and if we, we would have won that game, that, that 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 means we would have won. I don't know. We would have swept Boston and then took um, took one out, one out of three from Boston and one um, out of three. That before four to six from Boston, that, which which would have been fine, and taking one out of three from the Yankees, I, I would have taken. Um, and so I'm okay with us being second place in the AL East. I know yeah, a lot of people are unhappy with being second in the AL East. Well, I, I, I'm okay with second in the AL East. You realize that. Everyone is second in the AL East. Yeah, I know that. You can make the same argument that we're last. I'm just in okay. the standings, and it has us right below Boston at four I and five. Think, I think the hilarious part, or sad part, is that right now our run differential is minus nine, and the Red Sox run differential is plus 15. When we went out of Boston, those were reversed. Yeah, that's funny. When we left Boston, we had a double-digit uh, run differential. So yeah. it shows you how much things can swing early in a season. Yeah. I mean, we're nine games in in a 162 game season. And like Buck, like Buck Showalter always said, like there's enough games where your true colors will show, right? Like, like you're, you're, you're not going to sneak up on anybody. You're not going to accidentally win not 90 games. Like it just doesn't happen. The games, nope. there's too many games. It's not like the NFL where you can, you know, get lucky a few games well, and sneak in the playoffs. Yeah. Some will say the Nats got lucky at the end of that season and got into the world series. Okay. Um, but you still have to play. But yeah, they got hot at the end. Yeah, you still have to win all those games. Um, so, so yeah, I think we're going to find out how good the orders are. Now, for me, like my takeaway after the first nine games was, man, our offense is a lot worse than I was expecting. And, and maybe it's uh, just a rough start where a lot of guys are not playing well at the same time. Yeah. Um, but can you imagine where this offense would be without Cedric Mullins right now? He is literally the only thing making us go. And and he is, by the way, right now, one of the top 10 players in baseball for the first yeah. nine games of the season, um, according to war and all that other stuff. 
I mean, he is. He's having an unbelievable start. But this offense did score nine runs on Sunday, four on Saturday, three on Thursday. They have, they were only shut out one game so far this year, which was that Sunday against or Monday against uh, Montgomery in New York. So the offense has been scoring runs. Just they haven't been able to play enough defense and pitch in to, to win these games. Yeah. And but some of the strikeout numbers. The, the strikeouts across baseball, I believe it's 25 or 30% strikeout rate to at bats, which is horrendous. Uh, for the Orioles, at one point, it was about 48%. Yeah. And you look at guys like, like how can that be close to 50%? Well, you look at guys like Ryan Mountcastle, who's had 38 at bats and 17 strikeouts. So almost half his at-bats have ended in strikeouts. Yeah. You look at Fred, Fred, Freddie Galvis, who's had 32 at-bats and 13 strikeouts. Ruiz, thir- 32 at-bats and 12 strikeouts. My boy, Ramon Urias. And by my boy, I mean a guy who I can't believe he's still on this team. Ramon Urias has uh, seven at-bats, five strikeouts. There's only two at-bats where he's not struck out, which is insane. Right. Um, and, the three uh, home games. They struck out 14 times, 10 times, and 10 times Yeah, as a team. That's more yeah. than a strikeout in it. Yeah. I mean, the, the first week of the season, they had um, what, something like uh, 91 strikeouts the first week of the season. So, yeah, that's, that's uh, 91 strikeouts in seven games is unheard of. Yep. Terrible. And part of that was against Garrett Cole, but he only pitched one, 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 one of those games with all those strikeouts. Other guys pitched the rest. Right. So that's, that's beyond like, that's concerning, right? That's concerning that you're striking out so many times. Um, And the fact, and then you, you take it to the next step and look at batting averages, right? Like you look at Trey Mancini batting 189, Santander 219, Franco 229, Mountcastle 184, Ruiz 125, Galvis 156. These are all starters, people. None of that's good. Cisco one sixty seven, Urias one forty three. Like just so many, and the heart of our order, right? That Mancini, Santander, Ryan Mountcastle. Like you say, those three names: Mancini, Santander, Mountcastle. You can throw Franco in there if you want to, and they're hitting two twenty nine, two nineteen, one eighty nine, and one eighty four. Like that's not going to win you baseball games. Of course not, and that's the problem. In I mean, you can put up all those runs, but you're not going to get any momentum with strikeouts. Strikeouts are the biggest momentum killer because you don't even move anyone around the bases. So it's definitely something that the Orioles got to work on. Um, Unless suddenly Chris Davis, we got him a new job as hitting coach. Um, I'm not sure what's going on because even guys like Mountcastle, one thing that he was good at was not striking out before. And and we had guys that were more patient at the plate, and they're not patient at the plate this season. Well, and part oh. of it is, like, Ryan Mountcastle, clearly people may, have made adjustments. I swear, every time you look at Ryan Mountcastle, it's 0-2. If you go up and blink or walk away or something, you come back, it's 0-2. Ryan Mountcastle yeah. lives at 0-2. It's hard to be a good hitter when you live at 0-2. And I know they're throwing, I've heard they're throwing a lot more off-speed to Ryan Mountcastle. I haven't really studied his at-bats that much, but I heard, like, he's a good fastball hitter. So they're throwing a lot more off-speed stuff that compared to last year. And you know how these nerdy teams are. Like, they have all the info on you. They know your strengths. They know your weaknesses. And so especially for a young hitter, like, it makes sense that there's a bit of regression, and now he has to make the adjustments. But 
I mean, you can't say the excuse with for, for, for Fred, Freddie Galvis, who's a veteran, or Trey Mancini, or Santander, or Franco. Like they've been around enough to to, right. to be able to know, kind of, you know. Now everyone knows them. Right now, they've also gone up against some good pitching, and you mentioned that. Yeah, but the Red Sox don't have great starting pitching. Like you don't, you no. know, you don't shake in your boots at Red Sox pit, pitching. No, because especially since in every game to the Red Sox, we got to the bullpen at a decent time. Yeah, that's another thing, right? The, the, the pitchers aren't going deep in games. Now, it is true that, you know, all these teams have relievers out there throwing 99 miles per hour. Um, but, man, it's, it's – it's, I expected our, our team to give up a lot of runs. Um, I did not expect to look up nine games in and see us only have two players with a batting average above 229. No, no. Two players. All right. Now I'll be a little defensive and point out that it's only been nine games. Yes. So you get a hot streak of three games and suddenly your average, it looks decent. Yep. Yep. It, it's true. It's true. So it just takes a good week and it's a yeah. really small sample size. So just like Mount Castle struggles in the outfield, you got to give these guys time. Yep. I mean, uh, Cedric Mullins has an on base percentage of five twelve. He gets on base over half the time. I don't think he's gonna that's gonna last all year, just like no. I don't think Trey Manzini batting one eighty nine will last all year. Yeah, no, if Cedric Mullins keeps this up all year, then uh yeah, build a statue to him. Yeah. He, he's he's gonna be better numbers than Ted Williams. Yeah. Which means Michael Elias will probably get, get rid of him in July. Right, right. Think exactly. <laughs> think of what we can get for him in July. <laughs> so um, but, uh, yeah, did you, uh, did you like Saturday night, the extra innings man on second, now that you got to see it in person, did you feel the extra intensity of it starting with a guy on second right away for the Orioles? It was McKenna. Um, yeah, I mean, at that point we were already down by two runs. Yeah. Which kind of sucked. And McKenna was afraid to go to third, yeah. but 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 no, like I didn't like it on Saturday because Zora's lost and it it kind of backfired on us and we had to go out there freaking Dylan Tate. Like I guess he, here's my take on it. if you're the Orioles, um, and you and you're in a bullpen game, I think the Orioles are at a disadvantage because our bullpen stinks, and so all of a sudden our bullpen stinks and now they just need a single to score a run as opposed to you know getting several oh, hits. I, I agree, I agree. It and and, and our defense. So I think it favors sucks teams. Also. I mean, actually favors. Favorite teams with, with good bullpens anyway. But I think especially right. with the runner in second, it puts even more pressure on the bullpen. And, and again, well, favors even more a good bullpen. Yeah, or just having that extra guy who's not your 7-8-9 guy, just an extra guy, which I think I turned to you in the game and said, it's pretty nice to have Dylan Tate that can come out of the pen. Yeah. Because somehow I expected Dylan Tate to be a decent guy out of the pen. Yeah, and I think he is. I mean, I think he's small our, sample size again. I think he's our third best option. I mean, it's clear that our best option this year seems to be Tanner Scott, um, and Valdez seems to be our second best option, and then Dylan Tate. I think I guess is your third best option. Though, if you want to throw um, Plutok in there, he's your, but he's more of a, a long man. But he's been our best guy of the pen. Yeah, but he's more of that long man role. So, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I'm reminded of all the time missing Hunter Harvey. Like, he, he would make such a difference to the back end of our, our bullpen um, where you wouldn't have to put Cesar Valdez or Dylan Tate in that position um, if you had Hunter Harvey, another arm there. Yeah. Um, and you're I carrying saw, two Rule 5 guys. It's just, it's hard. Well, and I wanted to talk about the Rule 5 guys because I saw a lot of hate for Scroller on, I think it was Sunday he went in. 
and gave up uh, some runs. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. No, yeah. I guess Saturday, Boston came in the blow yeah, against Boston, Boston and yeah, and gave up. Some and runs. I saw a lot of a lot of hate putting his way. But you know, he's only pitched so far three innings, three point two innings, and has six strikeouts. And that's what you want from a Rule Five guy. You yeah. want to see something there that you can work on. This guy's uh, never pitched what above Double A. So yeah. he might. I, um, I'm trying to pull up. I'm not sure if he's even been in Double A. Yeah, and I, what I want from my podcast so is just th- say three point two innings. That makes me happy as well. But yeah, I mean, if you're mad at anybody, what do you want me to say three and two thirds? Yes, the correct thing. Three point two is the same thing, except it's just how you write it instead of uh, yeah, whatever. But- but 3.2 implies that you're, you know, whatever. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a 3.2 is a number. Gotcha. You're more saying like if you could give me a 3.75 or whatever, 3.66. 3. Yeah. Yeah. Six, right, seven gotcha. up, but yeah. Um, but no, like I'm more mad about Sean, Mar- Sean, Sean, Sean Armstrong. Like I'm sick of, I'm sick of Armstrong. He's, he's the, the Mike Wright swap. We, they got Seattle got Mike Wright. We got Sean, Sean Armstrong. Yeah. I was never going to have Mike Wright to begin with. Um, no, I'm not Mike right back. Give me Cole Saucer, bring Cole Saucer back and get rid of the Sean, Sean Armstrong character. But I think the good news is the bullpen is one of those things where when we want to win, we'll have to get our bullpen straight. Now you're just figuring guys out, which either for to trade like LeBlanc back there. Also, why is LeBlanc still on this team? Um, boggles the mind, but he's there because you want to trade him. Um, though they're using LeBlanc as like a back end bullpen arm too, which is I think is really interesting. Um, but 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 yeah, I think those I would get rid of all LeBlanc, Armstrong, maybe even Fry before I get rid of the rule five guys, before I'm off with their with their heads. And it's and this is another example where it's nine games. And if you like the rule five guys enough to keep them on the roster, well, let them pitch some more and then we'll see. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Well, that's I think that's the big takeaway from everything is small sample size. Let everyone just keep going. Yeah. And, and again, like the other spots, it's not like we have a bunch of bullpen arms who are developments being hurt because we have to keep these real five guys. Right. Like if you really want to get young, young arms up here, you can get rid of Sean Armstrong. You can get rid of way to LeBlanc. Like if you want to get the young arms in here, there's other guys that could take that spot. Yes. Yeah, you're right. But again, let's give them time. Time yep. for everyone. Yep. And if, if you see enough of them and you think they can't stick long-term, um, then send them back. I don't care. Right. I have no attachment to Schroeder or to Wells. I have no attachment to them. Um, so but, as, least, but let them pitch. So as we're doing this podcast, Monday night's game has been postponed. So right. it'll be a doubleheader game on Tuesday, 4 o'clock and 7 o'clock games. That's so. too bad. I was hoping you would have to stay up till 3 a.m. to do Birdland tonight. I was uh, I was ready to do it, but instead you get to talk about two games because you're Are signed we... up for tomorrow. Yep, I'm not doing after both games. I'm waiting until after the second game. I know, I know you are. You'll take the second game. I'll probably hop on and do a shortened edition uh, between the two games because there's at least 30 minutes between there. Yeah. So I'll hop on and do that. Maybe someone else will want to join me, but Maybe I'll even come and join you in the post game of the second. Yeah, the four o'clock game start is not ideal for me. I have the, the wife who works, and so I have kid duty for those for those hours, and I just yep. can't get them away for three hours. It's all good. 
but yeah, make sure you're checking out Birdland tonight for Matt on Tuesday night. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm excited about it. Yep. Um, other, other, other news and notes, Josh, you want to talk about? Uh, McKenna. Uh, McKenna's okay. up. Okay. Again, I, I don't, I don't know what to expect from McKenna. Is he supposed to be good? Like, yeah. I know we got like a triple. It's interesting. Like people like fan graphs. I remember really high on them. They had him higher than you, you, you Diaz. That's the one I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by like, who's better McKenna or Diaz. If you're talking about like McKenna seems to me to be the ideal fourth outfielder, right? Um, kind of right. reminds like, kind of like, like Cedric Mullins, right? Really good defensively, probably better arm than, than Cedric Mullins. Really good speed. Um, probably up there with Cedric Mullins in, in, in the speed cat category. Um, the question is, of course, defense is great. The question is, um, can he hit enough? Right. Um, we had a good game on Sunday. Yeah. But I don't know what to expect from this kid. Hey, it's just sur- another, another one of these outfield options. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think the highest he's played is double A. I don't think he's ever played triple A ball. And so I think the plan would have been last year to have him as your triple A you know, starting center fielder. And I thought that was the plan this year. Like, I'm surprised he got the call up yeah. so early, and the only reason he did was the Austin Hayes injury. Um, yeah, I'm a little so surprised that when DJ Stewart came back, he wasn't um, sent down. Yeah, they sent Pathalaka down, um, which I'm okay with, but I'm surprised that they, you know, kept Cedric Mullen. I mean, yeah. kept McKenna, but McKenna is a, a guy that can help you, right? Because he can be a defensive replacement, and we have bad defensive outfielders, so he can be that late in the defensive replacement. He can be yep. a pinch runner. He can do a lot of different things that I think can help your ball club. Yeah, McKenna in 2018, uh, he went up to Bowie, and then he played half of 2018 with Bowie and 2019 with Bowie. Okay. And yeah. 2020 didn't play. So that's right. the other thing with these young guys that were not on the Orioles last year. You got to remember, they didn't play baseball last year. Right. They had a year off. That's a big deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think I expect, here's what I expect to happen. Yep. I think uh, McKenna will be here till Austin Hayes. And then McKenna will go down when Austin Hayes comes off the injured list. And then there, I think that will be, you know, what, what are we like 20 days away from triple uh, um, a and double a starting or something like that. I think about uh, yeah, beginner, middle uh, first week in May, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So about 20 days. And so then I think McKenna will fall right in to be the starting center fielder at Norfolk. And I think that will be, I mean, I think there's going to be a big year for him. Right. Um, even in triple a to see um, and then how, he, how he handles that. Yeah, and then he'll probably come back up when we trade one of our outfield arms. When Maybe, we trade depends. Santander. I mean, here's there's going to be a little competition between, and I know they're different players and they play different outfield positions, but I think it's going to be a fun competition between him and Eugenio Diaz. I think just those yeah. two as prospects, like who was going to be a better major league player? McKenna with the defense and speed, using Diaz with kind of the raw power and the right. great arm. Who's going to be a better prospect is really interesting to me. So that's a good kind of battle to watch in, in AAA, one playing right, one playing center, see, see how they do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and once that one gets outfield, called up first again, yeah. Right. The outfield is the first area that we're watching for prospects. Yeah. I think that's, that, like the outfield class seems to all be hitting a little bit earlier than the infield class. Well, it's, well, I guess pitching's hitting first. Yeah, we're starting yeah. to see arms. Yeah, I think pitching in outfield, um, and that's why people are already itching for Zach Lothar and Michael Bauman, and just I mean, we're seeing Bruce Z- 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 Zimmerman, which is exciting. I thought he's yep. pitching. I mean, Bruce Zimmerman, 
I mean, honestly, I just had no expectations for him. Um, he was not as high on my radar as Alex Wells and Zach Lowe or Michael Bauman. Mm. So I've just been pleasantly surprised by everything that Bruce Zimmerman has done this year. I've, um, I mean, I've been happy with, you, of course, everyone's happy with John Means. I've been happy with Matt Harvey and with yep. Bruce Zimmerman. I've been happy with the top three. Yep. Yep. So. And I, you know what? I'm okay. I was curious to Dean Kramer um, uh, tonight. He had a tough assignment with the Yankees. Right. Um, we did his, I remember, because we did his bird land after, after he pitched. And I thought he didn't pitch maybe as bad as his numbers said. Um, had trouble with some location stuff. And so... I'm, I think the jury is definitely still on, D- on Dean Kramer. Right. See what he does with the Mariners. Yeah. Now, Jorge Lopez is um, another story. Lopez, I, I think I may have seen enough from Lopez. There is. There's two guys on this roster that I feel Michael Elias has an unhealthy kind of a infatuation with. Okay. Lopez. And, um, and the other guy was, mm-hmm. I think this is true. I think this is true that it was the first guy Michael Elias ever picked off on waivers when he got here from the uh, Houston Astros, like from his old team. Yeah, yeah. Who's that? Ruiz. Yeah. Right. I've enjoyed watching Ruiz play second, though. Yeah, but but like he's a guy that it's just his numbers say he shouldn't still be here. Right. He's never hit well enough. His defense is okay. He's been he, he's played good defensive at second base. He's the definition of a holdover. Yeah. He's a guy that when we get these shortstop second basements, third basements ready to go, Ruiz isn't gonna be here. Yeah, but I but like how did he, he outlast Hansa Alberto and Renato Nunez? Like I don't understand how he's still here and because, this guy's gone. Because we let them go and then we realized we didn't have a second baseman. Right. Well we, I mean you can say Michael Ice is obsessed with him, but I think he kind of lucked into the fact that we didn't have a second baseman because there was no reason to keep him on his team uh, until we got to that no second baseman problem. Yeah, I mean, it's embarrassing, our second base position. It's embarrassing. I mean, uh, I, I shared the number with Urias where there's only been two at-bats so far this year where he hasn't struck out. Yep. I don't think Sanchez was the answer. Yomar Sanchez, I caught him a bum here. Last, uh, you know, at the preseason, at spring training, right. and I think he's a bomb. I don't think, I don't think um, Rio Ruiz is the answer either. And I know everyone's itching for um, either Jemai Jones or Ryland Banning, and I hope that that they could be an answer long term. But I like, I think the jury's still very much out on them. Shortstop, forget about it. We got no one. I mean, if you want to argue Gunnar Henderson, the uh, kid's like I, nineteen, and people were to be for a third baseman. Yeah, but he's still, you know, twenty twenty two at the earliest. Mm-hmm. So, so was Machado. Yeah. So, so there's no, <laughs> there's no help in sight at this point in the shortstop or second base okay. position, and it's it's kind of annoying to have to watch this infield of Franco Galvis. Yes. And Ruiz, like this, it's just it's just a bad infield right now. It is offensively, they're bad. Defensively, they're not that good either. All right. Well, then, uh, after nine games, what is the state of the Orioles? Well, I think I think they're up, right? Because we've had, even though we didn't win, there's been a successful. I think the. Fans in the stands was a successful rollout, right? I think that all went really well. Um, I think right now we're sitting. I know you can contend that we're, you could argue we're in last place. I would argue we're in second place in the L East, but we're just a game under 500, four and five. I know the past, you know, series 
against Boston. Like, I don't even think the series against the Yankees was that bad. Um, we took one out of three. The Yankees are one of the best teams in baseball. Um, but the, the, the series against Boston most recently was bad, but I know yeah. we could have won that one game on Saturday. So yeah, I'm okay. I think that I, I guess like it's to be lying to say that the say the Orioles is up, but I don't think it's down no, either. It I is. Say it's, it's, kind of it's flat, it, plateaued. Uh, yeah, if, you're right. If up and down are only the options, it's up. I mean, when we have three pitchers that we can at least count on to go start games, that we've seen John Means is pitching well. With the, we've seen that Matt Harvey is serviceable. We've seen Bruce Zimmerman getting quality starts. Those are all question marks going into the season. So those are the fact that those are working out is positive. Yeah, that's um, a great point, Josh. And those. Zimmerman pitching well, Harvey pitching well, Means pitching well is more important than Galvis not hitting, right? Like the long-term yes. benefits of those guys playing well far outweighs how Franco or Galvis is playing or Ruiz even is playing right now. Totally. Because Bruce Zimmerman, right, is trying out to be a starter next year. As right. I mean, it's going to be harder and harder. These young players start to make their way to, to, to the majors. And Matt Harvey if he truly can pitch well, like that's can be a really nice, could be a nice trade chip or something for the Orioles. Yeah, um, totally. Not to mention like a recruiting chip. Like look, look at, we, we turn this guy's career around. Um, and right, John right. means look what we can do with analytics. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that could attract other pitchers and, and John means remember the beginning of last year, we were wondering like, did we, was John means kind of a fluke and yeah. now, uh, but apparently John means was not a fluke because John means has looked great th- 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 this season. So that's huge news as well, because he's our ace. Um, and so, yeah, I think the pitching news is more important. And listen, if Jorge Lopez is not good, it's not the end of the world because we have a, you know, a host right. of young pitchers itching to take his spot. And I'm and curious I'm to not- see how long that leash is with Jorge L- Lopez now at this point too. Right. And like you said, I'm not going to worry about Dean Kramer from one out in. Yeah. I'm going to have to see more. Yeah, and I think yeah, the jury's very much still on Dean Kramer. Um, but yeah, some, yeah, John Means, ERA of point seven seven. Let's see how long that can last. Um, a lot of fun. Yeah, more strikeouts than innings, or no, not quite. Nine strikeouts, eleven innings pitch. So great, great start for John Means. If that can continue, he's got. Uh, he could maybe be an All Star candidate again. Yeah, yeah, I think, and that's and that's what I kind of started the show with. Where my takeaway was at the beginning of the season, I thought, "Oh my gosh, our our pitching is going to be terrible, but our offense can at least score a bunch of runs." Now I feel that's kind of flipped, where like our pitching has been better than I thought, but our offense has been a lot worse than I thought. Right. And so I think both these things apply even out a little bit. Like John Means will give up more runs, and the Orioles will hit more than they are right now. Yeah, because uh, again, it's a long season. Yeah, but I do think if I went and went up or down for every person on the roster, there would be more ups than downs at yeah, this time, which is great. I, honestly, I don't remember what I said as far as wins, like maybe 73 wins or something. Um, I forget what I said, but I, I think that number is still very much in play this year. Yeah, I agree. Whatever. I don't remember my number either. We did that last week, two weeks ago. But yeah, I think it was in the 70s. And yeah, it's totally doable. Yeah, and I think, and I said it before, I think there's a possibility where we could get better as the season goes on because where other teams are kind of, you know, have their guys, and if their guys struggle, they're going to stick with their guys longer. We don't really have our guys. Like if Jorge right. Lopez struggles, he's gone. He gone. If Sean Armstrong struggles, continues to struggle, he gone. 
Like, we're not attached to any of these guys. Yeah. And when these guys leave, when Jorge Lopez leaves, if he keeps on pitching like this, or when Sean Armstrong leaves, if he keeps on pitching like this, they're going to be replaced with the younger, I would argue, more talented pitchers. Yeah, I agree. All right. You want to do a little ball four? Oh, sure. You prepared for some ball four? Not really. I don't have much going on in my life right now besides yard work and baseball, but go ahead. All right. I am going to start with uh, I came back to, and on my flight in, I watched a little movie called Willie's Wonderland. It's a Nicolas Cage movie. Matt, you like Nicolas Cage? Uh, no, not particularly. All right. Do you like Chuck E. Cheese? I'm a big Chuck E. Cheese guy. All right. Here's the premise of the movie. Uh, Nicholas Cage gets locked in a Chuck E. Cheese. And all of the uh, musicians, you know, the little uh, animals that play music, try to kill him. Mm. So he has to fight him. This sounds he, like one of those stupid horror films you'd watch in high school with your friends, like Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Or yeah, something. yeah, exactly. Um, here's the other thing. Nick Cage doesn't say a single word in the movie. Oh, that would probably make me like him better. And so it's basically just him fighting. And it's got a great music and sound effects and all that. I really enjoyed it. So check out Willie's Wonderland if you want something a little different. Um, I went through my, for my ball too, I went through my, um, my clothes the other day. Realized I hated all my clothes. I, <laughs> I decided to do this uh, freaking... Uh, Pitch, what's it called? Um, stitch, stitch fix. Stitch fix. Stitch what fix. is this? You keep talking about stitch fix. What is stitch it? Stitch fix. Well, you know, and I and I acknowledge, I fully acknowledge and fully embrace that I have no style, right? Like I don't, I hate shopping because I don't know, I don't know what to buy. I don't know what looks good. I could pick the most heinous thing out, and I just have no idea. I have no style whatsoever. And so the deal with pick stitch, stitch fix, stitch fix is, you know, you just tell them you know, your size and everything. Okay. And then you ask, they ask you a couple questions about style or whatever. I made Emily do it for me. I made Emily do it for me. No, I don't set a picture or anything. So how and do they make sure it looks good on you without a picture of you? I don't know, Josh, but they sent me a whole outfit and I loved every piece of it. They sent me pants, uh, 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 a two polo, uh, no, a two button up shirts, a long sleeve and a short sleeve, and an a sweater, shoes, loved it all. All right. Now, Emily tricked me because she had me try it all on. And I was like, I love this. Like these pants, I've never felt more comfortable pants in my life. Now, keep in mind, I've never spent more than $25 to buy pants from Old Navy in my life. This sounds a lot more expensive than, than Old Navy. Yeah. And so Emily like made me fall in love with this outfit. And then she told me the price. And then they get you with like, if you buy everything in the package, right. you get 25% off or something. So then I felt compelled to get it all, but I all liked right. every outfit in there. How, so how much, how much did those pants cost? Without the discount, the 25% discount, I think they were like, um, like 70, 74 bucks or all something. Right. All right. I'm not going to give you a hard time because I bought a pair of jeans. That's a hundred dollars. And I love them. They're the best yeah. pants I've ever had. Josh, here's my concern, though. My entire life, I've been a $20 old Navy jeans guy. And once you cross the line, it's like I used to buy cheap whiskey. Then all of a sudden, you start to buy nice whiskey, and you realize how bad the cheap whiskey uh, is. Now, it's, Josh, do you find it hard to go back to $20 jeans I, when you've experienced $100 jeans? I have one pair of $100 jeans. 
I wear them almost every single day. Yeah. If I'm not wearing them, it's because they're running through the wash so I can put them on tomorrow. Sidious so just walks around his underwear. Yeah. Right, exactly. Exactly. I don't know what it is, but they're the best jeans ever. And I always I thought jeans were jeans. I did too. And now like the, and, and these are a different color too, which makes it hard for me because I never know what shoes to wear with them. That's a whole other discussion, but they're like a Wait. copper color. Like yellow? No, like kind of mud, copper, uh, like a brown, orange but they're, color. But they're jeans? Yeah, but they're jeans material. Uh, I am a strictly blue jeans guy. Okay. Like I like these because these are jeans, but like you can also wear them to work as like semi-professional dress because they're not the blue jeans. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. But I think you can get away with that with, any jeans now, can't you? Or not as a teacher? I don't know. We have we still have like jeans day, so I feel like you have to wear those okay. on, on special. I well, see. every Friday is really jeans day. Well, that's cool. Though, I'm glad. Now with online school, teachers wear trash just right. Sometimes, I'm so. glad that worked out for you. Yeah, no, I'm a fan. So I have it coming. I don't like how how expensive it, it is, but I try not to think about it. But I have one coming now. Um, I think once a month. <laughs> yeah. So I get another box coming next month. Yeah. I, um, one of the, so this is, what do you see this on Instagram or something? How would I see it? Yeah. Yeah. My, um, Emma I gets one of these boxes in the mail too. Huh? She does the same thing. Emma gets one of these boxes in oh, the mail does. too. Yeah. No, I first heard dad talking about it and, and <laughs> okay. that's how I got into it. And then, and then I asked Emily about right. it and was like, everyone's doing it. Our so, sister, Laura does it. Our mom so you got does your doing advice it. from a 60 year old man. Well, it was nice clothes. He was he had some nice clothes. And and I'll right. tell you what, you should buy Stitch Fish stock now. I don't know what the stock price is at, but you should buy some stock because now everyone I know is doing it. Forget and stock. I'm a cheap skin. I'm <laughs> do doing you have, it do you have a promo code that saves me some money? Yeah, I do. I'll send you an email. I, I yeah. I got a I get a referral code. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, I'll check that out. You know, I can use some nice clothes. Yeah. because uh, all I have is a pair of one pair of jeans. Yeah, like that's so. I like I was just going through my clothes. I was like, I can get rid of all of you because I hate all of you clothes. And I feel like I wear two outfits to work every day. And so I wanted some nice stuff I could wear. You right. know, There's an ad on Instagram that keeps getting me or Facebook or on one of these where it's a t-shirt company. Yeah. And all they do is it's like the underwear company, um, my undies that sends you underwear once a month, but they me just undies. send you not my undies. Me undies. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, not a sponsor. Um, yeah. but, but listen this company, to any other podcast and you will find Right, it. exactly. This company sends you a t-shirt a month, but it's just a plain solid color t-shirt that all oh. has the same fit, but every month it's a different color. Oh. And I would, I would have been so tempted to throw out all the clothes in my closet and just sign up to this t-shirt company. Yeah. So then I have the exact same shirt, same fit, everything, every day, but a different color. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, that's why like. I'm wearing that. That's why I like the, like the plain color T-shirt. I could get. I like this too. idea of the internet dressing us. Yeah. Instead of having to figure it out ourselves. Well, hold up. The internet is not dressing me. I got a personalized note, Josh, from Victoria. Victoria picked up my outfit, and I said, "Next box, Victoria, do it again." So Victoria <laughs> might not be. Victoria might be butch in the Philippines. I don't know, but no. Victoria is is my stylist, and I'm a fan. I, yeah, the only thing I'm stuck on is that they designed that they got you all your clothes and colors and stuff without seeing you. Never saw me. That's weird to me. Yeah, they, I mean they got all my sizes and they do a couple questions about my style, kind of what I like. Okay, and they just pick. All right, I'm gonna check it out. Uh, my ball three. Um, I feel like I say a bunch of internet and, and movies and shows and stuff, so I'm gonna recommend a restaurant. 
because I went out to eat on Saturday when I was in Baltimore, and I went to Chad's Barbecue in Annapolis. Have you ever been here? No, never heard of it. Small little barbecue place with outdoor seating, bunch of picnic tables, really good barbecue. So check out Chad's Barbecue in Annapolis. Okay. That's my ball three. I went out to eat Annapolis too. I'll throw out my recommendation restaurant. <laughs> All right. I went out to eat Annapolis too. Where'd um, you go? This is not What's a. Up, boy? This, no, I went to out there parole, walking around parole with Silas, and we went outside seating to Gordon Biersch right there in parole. Oh, I'm surprised that place is still there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh. It's been there for a while. And that's, <laughs> that, yeah, it's true because they have a high tur- 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 turnover with restaurants down there. But yeah, that place is still there. We sat outside. It was nice. I was at BWI Sunday morning, and I had one thing I was determined to get, which was Lido's. Because yeah. I didn't get Lido's while I was in town, and Lido's is you my favorite. You love your Lido's, yeah. So I was, in, I was over at Lido's getting some Lido's, and I saw this family walking down the, is it the tarmac? Is that what you call that walkway? Yeah. Outside all the gates. And the kid, who's like a middle school kid, starts screaming to his dad, They've got a subway here. We got to go to Subway. This kid was like, it's been forever since I've been to Subway. I want to know where this kid lives, where he flew from, that Subways aren't on every street corner. Because you, you can't know, get away from Subways. They're the biggest I, restaurant in the world. They are. Jed, this my back before. More Subway restaurants than any other restaurant in the entire world. They're yeah. the most common fast food place. More than McDonald's, more than anywhere. It's Subway. Right. I know. I saw Subway in Africa. Yep. Subway in Zambia. Get that up. Did, did you go to the Subway in Zambia? I went to Subway in Zambia. Very skimpy on the meat. I was subway outside, in Zambia. I was outside the skimpy. Subway. I was outside the Subway on the Zambia. And I said, I don't think I will buy any meat. And I don't trust the refrigeration process of the Subway in Zambia. Oh, no. It was a delicious sub, but it was like mostly bread and a little bit of cheese and very little meat. Gotcha. Not like I'm, I was expecting. Right. It was Subway. All right. Well, despite the rain, we had another great episode of 336. Yep. And the Orioles didn't lose tonight, so that's a win. Right. So, Braves 2 tomorrow. Win 2 tomorrow. Maybe so. Then we'll be above 500 and probably sitting alone in second place. Sounds good to me. Well, remember, everyone else plays tonight. Okay. Maybe. Ah, it's a Monday. A lot of people probably have off days. Yeah, but you're assuming that they'll win tonight and win tomorrow? Red Sox are not playing today. Their game got postponed. So, yeah, we'll be all right. Two wins tomorrow. You're right. That'll push us. Oh, yeah, they got postponed for other reasons. Yeah, I didn't want to talk about that on the podcast. uh, No need to get into politics. Oh, yeah. No, we would never. All right. Uh, Thanks for listening, boys and girls. You can... Uh, join our Patreon. You can follow us on all the social media sites, including Twitter and Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Soroka. Rate and review over on iTunes. Yep, and make sure you're following at Birdland Sports as well for all our post game coverage. Yeah, we'll be on that a lot this week, so check that out. Yeah, you'll see a lot of, you'll see some of my face and a lot of Josh's face on there. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's.
92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.